This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one great sportsbook app out there, the home of the Colorado Avalanche, now officially known as Ball Arena. I feel like there's a bunch of great teams here for the Nugget side of things where they can talk about how the ball is popping, but for the Avs, it doesn't quite fit as well. Ball is life. Ball is bay. Exactly. It's not. Uh, it's not called Puck Arena, though, so it's it's a little tough for the Fs. <laughs> yeah, um, I still don't know what to make of this, man. It's yeah. weird. Um, equally as, um, I don't know. I don't know if I would say weird, but I guess I would say unexpected. Uh, has been the reaction where people are acting like the arena got torn down. And I, like memorializing it. I don't. Guys, it's a corporate sponsor. It's Pepsi. Like it's not even I've like a about it has not even like a strange. local company. Like the one article that I've been linked to a million times, I haven't heard a single actual human being say that we should call it the jar. But there's that article floating around telling me that people are saying that we should call it the jar now. So, whatever. <laughs> Definitely not calling it the sack as much as my manscaped reads would love to. I'm not yeah. doing it. <laughs> I I'm going to be honest, I'm just going to call it Pepsi Center. I I continue <laughs> to call it probably Pepsi Center or the can for sure. Yeah. It's not. It's not so much that I was attached to the name as as it was that was the name for twenty years and the only name anyone has ever known it by until today. Yeah. So <laughs> it's gonna be hard to hard to adjust and change a little bit for sure. I mean, I'm, how many times has sponsorship changed of Mile High Stadium? It's like yeah, like Empower Field now, and yeah. it's like what the hell is that? It's Mile High Stadium. Yeah, I, it was in Vesco at Mile High forever. Yeah. There were a bunch of... They, they went like through like four sponsors in four years recently, though. Like, yeah. It very quickly changed names, so I don't know. But 
kind of a, a weird, I guess it's not that weird in the sense that Kronky Sports Entertainment has been partnering in a lot of ways with Ball up to this point already. So maybe it shouldn't have been that big of a surprise that Ball took the naming rights to the entire arena. But just kind of weird. Yeah. Like we, you and I talked about it the other day where we were like, should we talk about the fact that the Pepsi Center technically doesn't have a name anymore? Yep. And we were like, well, there's nothing to say. So we'll have to just, we'll just wait for something to happen. And then they changed it to Ball Arena. And it was like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Neat. (laughs) <laughs> i know i know there were a lot of people who were like oh does this mean we can finally have coke products shut up all i want to do is make sure that i still get mountain dew in the press box fridge i'm saying that's all i care about <clears throat> yeah i 100 percent pepsi products all the way because if, if it's not um i'm totally cool like back up the dr pepper in that bad boy I'm good with that. That's also fine. Yeah, it's not even I don't even want the Pepsi. I just want the Mountain Dew, which is a Pepsi product. Yep. I'm all about it. All about it, but yeah, I don't know what Pepsi Vision is going to become, but I I struggle to believe they're going to call it Ball Vision. Yeah, I really hope they call it Ball Vision. <laughs> Um, is that is that Evan's burner account? <laughs> I know how much he loves the gummies. <laughs> the gummies and the candy. That's it's gonna no, be. I'm just kidding. I'd like. Uh, honestly, I, does it matter to anyone? <laughs> Probably not. What name that the building has? But no, I mean like that little like rock thing out in front in the Pepsi logo. I imagine that's probably gone. Does it have to be gone? Just paint it whatever color balls logo is. And it's a ball. <laughs> oh, I'm, I was talking about the actual rocks on the ground that they actually uh, like that are. I, I wasn't even thinking yeah. about like the climbable mountain that they yeah. yell at people. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, it was so like, this morning when they made the announcement and the fiance told me, I just went back to sleep. <laughs> and then when I, when I woke up a couple hours later uh, and I was like flipping through my phone, I started laughing about it. And she was like, what's up? And I was like, they really did call it Ball Arena. I just yep. thought she was kidding. Very. Because it was, it was a dumb name. And I just. I wonder how much the naming rights for the Pepsi Center cost. I mean, obviously expensive relative to a human beings, but probably See, relatively cheap. To Michael's other asking the important questions here. Does that mean the custodial staff are considered ball cleaners? Hey, babe. No, I got to clean the ball tonight. <laughs> I don't know, man. I like the idea of every Avs game being like a ball. Yeah, I was going to say, were we going to have to... We have our king of the game, but are we going to need a bell of the ball as well now? Right, (laughs) right. We'll we'll see. The the Avs are, are becoming the Cinderella story. 
in nice. ball arena. <laughs> okay. I, I will tell you the people, the people who still think the dude wears Macar jokes are funny are yeah, it's time to stop. They are. This is like prime territory for them. This here we go. Cause there are so many easy layups to be had here. <laughs> Said, uh, you're already like easy layups. You're already getting into into Nuggets terminology here. That's right. D- if you have, if you don't watch the DNVR Nuggets pod, watch the DNVR Nuggets pod today, because they're gonna have some fun with this new name. I bet. <laughs> or maybe it's better for uh, for their Friday show. But. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. We're moving on. Yes. The topic of today's show is not that it's titled Ball Arena, but we did want to talk about the ABS organizational depth chart. Um, obviously, we talked about our, our natural segue ranked prospects. Well, I mean, you know what? It takes balls to make it to the NHL, AJ. So <laughs> I'm already over this. <laughs> um, but we talked about our prospect ranks yesterday. <sighs> However, prospect ranks and organizational depth charts are not the same thing in in many cases, particularly when you're AJ and you love ranking people based on ceiling. So you're going to get into a little bit of a different conversation here today. Um, as we do have our, our little graphic here where we can pull up everything and kind of show you guys what the what the prospect depth looks like throughout. So, and some of these guys, like when you're talking about positions, especially the forwards, like some of these guys yeah. are going to play different positions, but this is what they were officially listed at for now. Yeah. But you, it really gives you an idea of like, okay, they're, you have to feel pretty good about where they are at center right now. I don't and, think Bergman's a center, but still, yes, they're right. He was listed as such, and I was like, I'm pretty sure he's a wing. But yeah. I again, like I did right. <clears throat> I mean, right off the bat, there is the biggest glaring hole in their prospect depth is left wing, right? Right, um, because like Travis Barron is nearing the end of that ELC where, where yeah, exactly as, playing time, yeah. Brechton with the perfect response here. Travis Barron is still in the system. He played mostly in Utah last year. Yeah. And so Travis Barron, Ty Lewis, remember undrafted kid. Yep. Uh, Tyler Weiss. Weiss is um, listed as both left wing and center. For what it's worth, (laughs) Ryder Ralston was listed at all three forward (laughs) positions. Great. And so naturally I put him on the left because I was like, well, they need people on the left. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I know from watching um, a couple of, of the Waterloo games last year uh, after the draft, he played a lot on the right side. I don't think I've ever seen them play center, but okay. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> again, it's just what he was listed as. Yeah, and right, I yeah. wasn't going to, that's one of those things where it's like, uh, Definitely, the positional listings can get a little bit shaky, especially yeah. for the prospects. But 
But the point still holds that realistically, uh, maybe a long shot in Weiss, but Rolston is the only guy on that left wing side that has NHL upside. Yeah, it, he's, you know, with Baron and Lewis, we've seen at the AHL level, we've seen like, okay, this is probably not happening beyond this for them. Yep. Um, we see he has two college years left where who knows what happens, right? You know, if he if he continues to fill out, like, he was productive last year. <laughs> I would like to see him score more than four goals uh, as a forward, but, you know, if you're going to put up 18 assists and be a productive playmaker that way, you know, maybe that's just maybe maybe that's just who he would have to be in pro hockey to be successful. But where we you know we we talked about him a little bit yesterday that we're just not really sold on him uh, on him there. Yeah, and yeah. that left side. I mean, you look at the left side in the NHL, and that's arguably their weakest position too. They've been they've been looking for help behind Landeskog forever. Yeah, and Saad finally like. He's there for now, and then yeah, and then Nichushkin. But there's not, you know, Bowers had played a lot of left wing in the AHL last year, yep. Uh, and that's that was one consideration there. And I'm, you know, looking at the depth chart on the left side, maybe that was part of the reason why, yeah. I you expect Cout to come in and probably play on the left side as well, um, but. Cal will be uh, wherever there's an opening, right? right. Which <laughs> you expect that to be on the left side, probably. Um, if only because Nachushkin can play the right as well. But you, when you're the Avs looking at at this depth chart, it is it is it's a bit interesting to look at. Like you said, you can move a Shane Bowers to the left wing if you want. I know you have Cal playing on the right, but. The new hook is a guy that we talked about too. Like if if I wanted to get him into the top six early yeah. in his career, you could if, put him on the wing. Sure. Yeah. You you know if 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 Brandon Sod leaves in free agency and Alex Newhook signs a ZLC, you're probably wanting to give Newhook that left wing job before you're messing with him as center. Yeah, just to to get him into the top six. But right, just to give him more opportunity. I do think long-term outlook. You're looking at him as a center, though. Agreed. But that's where that's where some of this flexibility comes in, and it's like you're not going to be so stubborn about Newhook playing center that. Sure, sure. You're not going to you know his opportunity. Yeah, definitely. And so, like when we look at the weakness of the left wing, there are some ways to to help that out a little bit. I also think Bocage plays a little bit on the left side. Bocage has uh, kind of played everywhere. Yeah, as as a as a right shot, cutting yep. back towards the middle. Um, he's I I know for sure he's played a, at least some on the left. Yep. Well, as we continue this conversation, <clears throat> we can take our first period break here and acknowledge DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Our pick of the week for you this week. Gonna be uh gonna be maybe a bit of a long shot one, but we're sticking with our hockey vein here. Tomorrow morning, the Kazan Bars are playing in the KHL. An Avs defensive prospect, Danilo Zaravilov, will be in that game. He's plus fifteen hundred to score a goal. 
going to take it, going to go for the long shot, try and make a little bit of money. If you want to go for the extra long shot, you can pick him to score the first goal at plus 6,000. So, you know. You might as well. If you're going going in on the guy scoring, um, honestly, you might as well just go in on him scoring the opener. There you go. Make yourself a little bit of money if it hits. Why not? Way to go for it. I think he's also plus six thousand for the last goal if you're feeling if you're feeling lucky for an empty netter or something. Yeah. There you go. Full you know, two hundred foot empty netter. Bam. Easy money, as they say. If you want to bet on KHL games, you can absolutely do that at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can bet on ridiculous amounts of hockey. They have Liga, they have SHL, they have the extra Liga over in Slovakia, they have Swedish third tier hockey, they have Denmark hockey, you name it. You can bet on any hockey, football, basketball, table tennis, real tennis, you name it. It's all available at DraftKings Sportsbook. So head on over there. If you haven't signed up for an account yet, you can get up to a $1,000 bonus when you do sign up with code DNVR. So jump on that for a limited time if you're not in on it yet. Sure, you could even do a parlay like Colin is suggesting. Download that top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use that DNVR code. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast as we continue to kind of Sort through the Avalanche's depth chart. And and the, the conversation we were starting to get into, and I think you, you started to touch on it, but the, the person this might be most pertinent for this year is Shane Bowers. And if and when forwards start getting hurt up at the NHL level for him, he needs to be versatile enough to come in and fill whatever role they need. Yep. Yes, he's a natural center, but center is a tough position to get into right now for the abs. It's not yeah. as bad for new hook because someone that talented, you just make room for. Right. But right now you have McKinnon locked in as one C Kadri locked in as two C and then you have Comfort, Jost, and Belmar all trying to play center in your bottom six. Yep. So it would take a lot to get Bowers into the lineup as a center. It, yes. It w- I mean, we've talked about how him down the middle would be ideal as like a defensive guy um, to be to kind of be the guy that a lot of people believe JT Comfort is. Yep. You know, where, you know, Confer would probably be best fit on Bowers' right wing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe left wing with Cout on the right, you know, and then you're like, oh, look at this. These are kind of homegrown. A whole line of homegrown homies. They're sort of homegrown. I mean, they don't like, be- I guess Confer was traded for, yeah. Right, and so was Bowers, but it was like, it happened like so, like both of those guys were in college. Prospects, yeah, when they got traded for, as AJ's being attacked by a fly. Yeah. Mm. Bad omen for Ball Arena, right there. That's not great. (laughs) All right, well. As long as he just stays over there. Yeah, as as AJ uh, eyes up this fly. That's so uh, weird. Anyway. (laughs) 
my question here is where do you think well did he get it no no where do you think the avs are deepest because we talked yesterday they have the super high end talent at the at the top end the new hooks the byrams the timmins but the defense falls off pretty darn quickly after Justin Barron. You have two strong goaltenders at the top of that list, but Schmackov and Miner are virtual unknowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you look at that right wing list, and those are all guys that you have some, you would have some level of hope for. Kout, we want to see break in full time to the NHL this year. Nick Henry, we talked about a lot yesterday. You know, Kovalenko is a guy that should be should be in the NHL. God, this is going to be a real problem today. <clears throat> um, Bokaj, Mutala, or, and Steinberg are all guys that you have various NHL hopes for moving forward. So that's a really that's a really loaded position. But you also look at that right defense, and Timmons and Barron are guys are are, are dudes that you would have top four hopes for. You know, top four defender hopes for. With Drew Hellison, you know, in another organization, he might he might have that kind of upside elsewhere. But because of, yeah. he's in this one, you know, we're only just saying, hey, if he just just get him into the third pairing, and that's a huge victory for Colorado. Yeah, I I guess that's fair. Uh, you can you can make that argument for right defense. Um, it's it's not it's not as populated like there's not as many guys there, right. but the quality is really good. I mean, he, even you get down to Nate Corman, the guy just got named captain of Notre Dame. Yeah, that's that's true. He is the captain now. He's got the character for sure. That's right. That that basically guarantees he's getting an ELC. <laughs> um, I do, I do wonder, looking at. It's hard to argue with that right wing spot, but I'm looking at that center and going, Newhook and Bowers are Newhook obviously high end. Bowers very yeah. close to the NHL. Yeah. Uh, after Cout, none of those guys on the right wing are are really that close. Right, and well, and then with Foodie, you're really you're dreaming on a guy. Oh, there's yeah. no Sampo on here. Oh, Rip Sampo Ranta. But he would also be on the right wing. Yes, he's a right winger. So, was that was that mine or Kale's doing? We'll never know. I think it was mine, but I'm going to double check. (laughs) See who's at fault here. It's mine. Uh, Boykov is not a prospect. He left and went back to Russia. Kamenev, same thing. I mean, there's there's still like they own their rights, but that's that's all they do. Yep. And certainly in Boykov's case, not an NHL talent, but. I knew I was missing somebody. Um, yeah, so Sampo Sampo would also go on this right side, so that would add even more depth there. Which yeah, and which which makes that even honestly it makes it even better. Yep. So I would honestly I like if we're talking about which which one of these areas is going to give you NHL players. It's got it's center because Newhook and Bowers are Newhook right like. There. Yeah. Those guys are playing in the NHL at some point. Yeah, whether they stick, how good they'll be, you know, all of those things are up for discussion and debate, and it's prognostication at this point. But those guys are playing in the NHL at some point. So, 
I guess my next question is how do you, if we're focusing in on right wing and saying, look, the abs have depth here, the abs need to find a way to one, get these guys to the NHL and two, make room for them. What's what does that process look like over the next couple of years? Couts already signed. Henry, I mean, the situation is what it is, but expectations mm-hmm. are they're going to try to bring Kovalenko over this coming summer. Bokaj, very likely. Bokaj and Mutala both very likely mm-hmm. to get ELCs this coming summer. Ranta as well. Ranta as well. Because that's the junior um, year. Yeah, that would be his third year in college. So you're talking about, let's say Cal graduates. You We'll have Kovalenko also fighting for an NHL spot. And then you have mm-hmm. Henry, Bokaj, Mutala, Ranta. That is first through fourth line in the AHL. Right wings. Right there. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's where one of these guys, one of these dudes is going to move. Yeah. Someone's going to have to play the left side. or, you or know, Col- I think both Kovalenko and Bokaj make a lot of sense to move. Um, again, Bokaj, because you kind of, you kind of, do with him like you have with Rantanen in the NHL. Sure. Where you put him on the opposite side and, and you maximize the effect of his shot. Just shoot the puck, please. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let him, you know, have, have the puck on his forehand with the, with the, the ice in front of him at all times. Funnily enough, you move Kovalenko kind of for the opposite reason because you say, "Look, you're just going to be a maniac, so it doesn't matter right. which side of the ice you play if on." You don't. You don't give a damn what that guy's doing. I'll, he's going to be a little ball of hate no matter what he does. Yeah. So interesting two to pick there as very different reasons to yeah. move to the other side, but yeah, Bokaj for a skill reason and Kovalenko because it just doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be a little maniac no matter what happens. So <clears throat> I think uh that's that's where that's where I would start trying to balance it out a little bit because at the NHL level, you know with with Burakovsky, you know, Burakovsky can kind of do both. Yeah. Uh Rantanen has always been a right wing has always been a right wing, except for those couple of times. Patrick Waugh tried to play him. <laughs> that was not okay. <sighs> Patrick Waugh. And the, uh, you know, right now it's, you've got Donskoy and maybe Tyson Jost. Like, yeah. In that, in the, in those spots, like that's, that's where you're like, okay, you'll figure out the Tyson Jost thing in the next year for better or worse. The Tyson Jost thing will, as far as the abs are concerned, he's going to be what he's going to be. Yeah, and I feel like we say this every year where it's like a year from now we'll have an answer on Tyson Jost. And I feel like we do. Like yeah, he's a bottom I, six. I agree. Bottom I think, six guy. I think the answer is already there if you want to be honest with yourself. But Yeah. But, you know, because, because of his age and because of the lack of consistency given to him in a role, it's still like – you can still talk yourself into, oh, he could get a lot better doing this specific thing. Sure. Sure. Uh, Whatever. Not the point right now. Sickness um, asks, is it difficult for a winger to play opposite sides of the ice? It kind of depends on the player. Yeah. Some guys really struggle with it. We've seen like Calvert. Matt Calvert doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I, he, I, could, he could play upside down and he'd be fine. I think. The. 
players who I think struggle the most is when you have a guy on their shooting side. Like if you have a left-handed shot on the right wing and you want to switch them to the left side, I think those are the guys who struggle because they're not going to have the shooting angles that they had on the other side. We, we kind of saw the opposite with Alex Ovechkin, who ultimately switched to left wing, left wing to have a better shooting angle for himself. Yeah. Well, and, and like it'd be like if you tried to drop Miko onto the left side now after years and years right. of only playing on the right, which I mean, and it would just be like, God, this is this would be totally different for him. Yeah, you know, Landeskog is a guy that we've seen kind of do a little bit of both in his Avs career, but predominantly plays on the left side. And and you can project someone a little bit too there, Landeskog, responsible defensive forward. When you're playing F3, it's a little bit easier to to go to either side of the ice, right? Like, you're going to be the guy yeah, vertically up and down the ice. You're going to be the deep guy. So Yeah, well, and, like, when you're, like, the guy on the line, the designated go-to-the-net guy. Right, right. You know, like... You're not playing a very complex positional game at that point. Yeah, you're not worried so much about shooting angles and forehand backhand where, you know, where the ice is and all that stuff. You're going to the net and you're putting your stick down. You're trying to tip pucks. Yeah. True enough. It's, it's kind of like, well, we've seen uh, a good example of that is Joe Pavelski in Dallas. Yeah. Yep. Is he a center? Or is he a right wing? And which one does he do? Oh, he hasn't played center in forever. Well, now he's playing center in the playoffs and he's scoring a buttload of goals again. And, it just doesn't really matter because he just goes to the front of the net and it's just yeah, like it, we're, we're you have it's a good point. You've seen the modern NHL game, the rise of that type of play has really your position and name has never meant less. Yeah. You you have, you know, wingers who drive the net. You have centers who facilitate from off the wall. You have a pretty much every team has multiple defensemen that are really just rovers at this point. So uh, I don't, I don't know that I would, uh, I don't, I don't think Landy would be a very good to see. He doesn't drive the center of the ice well enough for me. Yeah, I would. Agree. He's a, he's a guy that excels in board battles and I don't think I want him in the middle of the ice in space like that. Doesn't... Defensively, he would be totally fine, but um, working that... and grinding and on the cycle and doing certain things, um, well, it's not only is he good at that. I think well, he lacks creativity a little bit for this. Exactly. Um, he look. We've talked about him before. Very, very solid, consistent passer, but he just makes the simple, smart play a lot of the time. He's not yeah. the guy that can make the crazy, create for your teammates type pass. Yeah, we've seen. There have been highlight reel assists from both of his line mates over the last couple of years, and they usually go to him. Yeah, exactly. He's not, he's not, most of his highlights are him banging home pucks and finding crazy tips occasionally. Yeah, right. And like, like, like garbage stuff. Yep. You know, that's not really a hallmark of very many, very many centers. You know, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's very good at just making the right play. Keeping it keeping it simple is something he he does really really he does it at a high level. I mean, it's funny to say, but he he plays a simple, repeatable game really really well. I wouldn't want to mess with him in the middle of the ice, even though we've seen him be good at faceoffs and we see him defensively be okay at center. Like I I think offensively, I think he would fall apart some. Yep. Well, 
when I try to keep it simple, I go to Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get eight different kinds on tap down at the DNVR bar. Or if you want to go to the source, the farmhouse, you can save $5 when you use code DNVR when you order curbside pickup from 303-803-1380. They're open every day from noon to 8 p.m. If you really do want to dine inside as well, they are open with social distance seating, so you can stay safe while you go and get your beer. And, of course, if you're out of state, you can use the Breck Beer Locator online to find some in a local liquor store near you third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings sportsbook rudo and aj talking about the avs depth chart let me bring that depth chart back up here for the live video viewers here i'm looking up and down this lineup and i'm wondering all right i'm seeing a trend with few exceptions here and that is what we already expected good skaters good skaters good skaters top to yeah. bottom i Outs- mean geez dude look at even you look at the left wings and three of those guys are really good skaters yep it's it's not hard to see something that the Avs targeted here outside of god those centers bocage and timmins Steinberg Steinberg's even an okay skater. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel Henry, not a very good. skater. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. But Steinberg, I always feel like I kind of ding him for skating. And then I'm always like, ah, he's not a bad skater. He's fine. Like he's a it's perfectly just, fine skater. The Avs organization is yeah. completely stacked. When it comes right. To like you go, so. you go back and you look at that defenseman list and it's just like Byram, Javilov, Lieberman, Hellison and Baron are all even Josh Anderson is a super smooth skater for someone his size. They're, <laughs> they're all like good to great or better skaters. Like yep. <laughs> Connor Timmons, kind of the odd man out yeah. when it comes to that, honestly. And like like Nate Corman's not a bad skater. He's like with Steinberg, where it's not a problem. He's fine. Yep. And you're, yeah, you're right in that Josh Anderson. Like we kind of we kind of just gloss over his existence in general, but a guy that fine a fine skater. You don't have any issues there. I mean, there's a reason we gloss over him as far as the ads are concerned, but he's still part of the system. If uh so just to answer this question that popped up, try try hopping on YouTube instead of Periscope. Yeah. Because I, I know that there have been some people who've had connection issues on Periscope and they hopped on they hopped on YouTube and, and, I, and it was just fine. Yeah, I'm, I don't know what happened on yesterday's show. Um, yeah, the, we, we were both fine. Um, we saw the comments that some of you guys were lagging, but... The VOD was fine. There's no lag yeah. on the VOD, so... I'm sorry, but I think that's on YouTube's, YouTube's end, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Anyway, getting back to the topic at hand... Sorry about that. No, you're good. How... You kind of talked about this even back a couple weeks ago when the Avs went out and got Brandon Saad, they went out and got Devontae's. Can this work? Can the Avs run this experiment of being all speed, all skill, fully committed for the next half decade plus with these prospects in the system? How viable is this strategy? We're going to find out True um, because, you know, we always talk about like, Oh, how the, the NHL has changed 
you know, the the league is is regularly drafting smaller guys now, sure. Fleet footed defensemen under six feet because they want guys who move pucks. Yep. You need guys that get, get pucks out of your own end and that we're we're learning that even in even in hockey that the best defense is a good off a good offense that attacking with the puck is better than constantly trying to get it back. It's why the abs are far and away the least dump and chase oriented team in the, in the entire NHL. They carry pucks out of their own zone. They carry pucks into the zones, into the zone. They, they lead the NHL in uh, controlled zone entries by 10,000 miles. (laughs) It's like they single-handedly drag the league average up by like two percentage points. Well, and you see the team that they built. <clears throat> Obviously, McKinnon's a machine at this. Yeah. They went out and got Burakovsky, who has very, very good numbers when it comes to that. Yeah. Well, and that entire top line. Yep. Right off the top, all three of those guys are excellent. Zone entry extremely well. And then they went and got all these guys. Burakovsky, Saad, Kadri, all puck carriers to a certain extent through the neutral zone at the very least but i and now like defensively is the real experiment here yeah because that's that's the bigger concern on this (laughs) between between you know you look at bowen byram kale mccarr and sam gerrard and you're like you don't have any dominant defenders you know the gerrard's a really good defender in his own zone McCarr is decent, and he's got a little bit of a physical edge to him, as we saw with him. <laughs> he threw some hits in, yeah, the, in, the, in that postseason. He's not afraid to throw down. Yeah. Uh, he'll get physical when he has to, when he sees an opportunity to. Uh, Byram's going to be the same way. He's a guy that is always he's always thrown the weight around when he sees a chance. Absolutely small. I don't remember who it was, but at training camp 2.0 over the summer – Yep. Somebody somebody rolled into the zone with their head down and he just blew them up. And it was like, whoa, 45 out there, man. So like Byram's got that element too. But all three of those guys, the thing that you're talking about with them is their number one strength. Carrying pucks. Yeah. I I guess the question is, as the Avs lean into this even more with guys like Newhook, uh, with with a guy like Justin Barron to a certain extent. What happens when this team is going up against a Quinton Byfield? Can they survive? Can they defend against a true power forward? Yeah. Well, and, and Byfield's Byfield's probably the guy where you're like, no. That <laughs> guy's gonna yeah. that guy's gonna get his. Yeah. Because how many how many six foot five how many how many skilled great skating? Yeah. Like <laughs> six foot five fleet, you know, elite skaters are there in the NHL that are just gonna drive down the middle of your throat no matter how good or how big or whatever you are. Yep. Like Alex Petrangelo's not defending that guy. Doesn't Fair. matter. Fair enough. You know, like Quentin Quentin Byfield's like the guy, Alexis Lafreniere. That that's that's a guy where you're like, yeah, that guy's gonna get his. Hold him to a point or two and you're feeling okay. <laughs> yeah. Like that guy's going to do what that guy's going to do because those are just going to be the elite players. But it's, it's the other, it's all the other guys. 
you know, how are they going to, how are, how are they going to break pucks out against the Islanders, against the stars, against the blues, smothering where they force you to dump it in type of, yeah. Well, and the teams, the teams that play dump and chase better than anybody else that attack you as aggressively on the four check as they can, where look, if you get, if you break it, in the neutral zone, you have to, you're going to get chances. Yeah, you're going to get good looks. But they're so good at what they do. It's not that the stars are physical. It's not that any of these teams are overly physical. It's that they pressure you. They pressure pucks. Yeah, and they force you to execute in split second decisions. You've got to make the right decision, and then you've got to you've got to execute whatever you've decided to do. Which. I mean, coincidentally, does line up with the other things the Avs targeted. You talk about a Connor Timmons, the one guy who is not a good skater in the Avs defensive prospect core. He thinks the game very, very well. Right. And that's the other common thread here is that there's high hockey IQ between all these guys that are coming up. Yep. You know, you look at you look at Timmons, high IQ, Barron, high IQ, Byram, high IQ, Gerard, high IQ, Hellison. Okay, IQ. Okay, hockey sense, but good enough puck skills. And Hellison's Hellison's kind of that. Uh, he's he's kind of in a world of his own. It's it's hard to someone like Hellison. You look at them in the defensive zone, and you go, okay, his defensive IQ is solid. The offensive IQ in the offensive zone is a different story. It's kind of hard to put IQ into one package at times with some guys because. They're two different facets of the game. A guy might not have the greatest grasp on how to hit the seam in the offensive zone as opposed to how to take a puck away and get it up the ice to a forward from his own zone. So that's where I see Hellison at. The defensive IQ is is more than fine for him. But when you do look through the rest of this lineup or depth chart, I suppose would be more correct to say. I do think, again, that's where the Avs lack at left wing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and it's, again, like even in the NHL, that's where you're looking at them as kind of weak. Yep. And so that's, I mean, you're not going to be able to, if they get three NHL players out of that right wing thing, those guys aren't all going to play on the right side. So... I think I think and ultimately this might be just a case of where just where these guys got listed sure. makes this because like you we've watched Sasha Mutala at Tri City. Guy does everything for yeah. that team. He could play on the left side. Yeah, putting him putting him on the right wing, calling him like a right wing yeah. undersells him because he's really just all their offense. <laughs> and there's not a position for that. Right. So variable to say the least, but the conversation that everyone loves to have and I don't think it's one that you and I particularly buy but when is the break point because there is a break point how fast and small and smart is too fast and small and smart when do you need to go the other direction and just get a big dude that can help you shut people down essentially well and, and like how small is too small right exactly. right because like 
Alex Newhook's going to be pretty slight. Yep. So the 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 change from Kadri to Newhook is going to significantly be, different. It's gonna, yeah, it's, yeah those are going to be way different guys. Like Kadri brought some very much needed sandpaper to the lineup. Yep. Um. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's but that like that, wh- how do you adjust when you because you look at you look at these guys like uh, Kovalenko is going to bring plenty of physicality. Yeah, does not play small. Yeah, he's he's going to be a smaller guy, but like he he's a tank. Yep. So. You know, that guy, you're not worried about it. Like, you're small, but he plays the the style that you're after, that you want in terms of versatility. So, uh, I guess let me ask you it this way. What, how real is the possibility that two, three years from now, the Avs are looking at their roster and saying, we need to get bigger? Um, I'm, I mean, I... I think pretty much every team in the NHL always wants to be getting bigger. Sure. Uh, there's always a, if you have two guys of equal skill, you take the bigger dude. Yeah. Like if you have, if you have a chance to get a Justin Barron, you know, where you're like, this guy replicates so many of the skills that we already have in our system. He just does it in a package. that's three inches taller and 15 pounds heavier. Yeah. You're like, Yes, please. <laughs> That's exactly what I would like. Thank you. <laughs> you yeah. know, like not a hard talk, decision to make there. <laughs> we talked about leading into the draft that they could really use a guy like a Jake Neighbors or a Sam Colangelo, a true power forward type that you know goes in there and plays a much heavier game. Like, sure, they could use that, but you're also running the risk of that guy just not fitting in with you. Mm-hmm. Look at Cam Morrison is a great example of that. They drafted outside their identity to go and get him because they wanted something. They wanted a big guy who could shoot. They got a big guy who could shoot, and the skating was always a question mark, and then the skating never came around, and they didn't even bother signing him after four years in college because the skating ended up being a problem. And it was like, okay. If that's going to be a problem, we're going to stop taking that guy and we're going to start taking Jean-Luc Foodie and Sampo Ranta. Yep. I think the Cam Morrison pick was instructive for them because you look at how they've responded. You know, Connor Timmons at the very tip top of the second round is one thing. That's a guy that they had a first round grade on and they had the pick of the entire litter after the first round had ended and they could take any of those guys. They took a guy they had a first round grade on. You're not talking about messing with skills because you're not talking about the 50 or 60th pick you know you're you're getting a guy that you're like this if we had a second first round pick this is what we would have used it on and since the morrison pick it's been way more skating sticking true way truer to the identity that they're trying to build throughout their organization yeah it's it's kind of the reality of who the abs are now. Um, and they have been for a couple of years, if we're being honest, but they're just leaning into it more and more. And they've yeah. set themselves, I guess they set themselves up to lean into it more and more over the yeah. next couple of years. They went and got a bunch of guys, you know, Matt Nieto, Matt Calvert, Jonas Donskoy, they're all good skaters. Yep. 
you know, Burakovsky, good skater. Brandon Sott, a, a solid skater. Yep. They went and got all these, they went and got all these guys that can do these things that that fit with them, but they also have a variety of skills. Like Donskoy's a puck carrier. You know, he 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 transports pucks through the neutral zone at a really high level. You know, he's he's a nice distributor who can who can tack on some goals for you. Burakovsky, another guy that can carry pucks through the neutral zone, but he's got an elite shot. Brandon Sod, a guy that's going to go to the front of the net, and he's going to score a lot of a lot of dirty area goals, banging pucks home, and and just being an intelligent player who makes a living in front of the goal. Like these all work it's, together. It's not one guy. You know, Kadri's kind of a mix of Burakovsky and and Brandon Sod, where he'll go to the net, but he has a great shot. It's interesting how how quickly things change, you know. Two years ago, we were talking about what is this Avalanche team's identity? Yeah. Need something beyond the top line. Right. And all of a sudden, it feels like not only have they gained an identity as this puck-controlling, high-end skating team, but that that's going to be who they are for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And, and, you know, for the, for the physicality crowd out there, I would say, do you think that's easy to play against? Right. Do you think it's easy chasing the puck all game long and not having it and going and you dump the puck in, you're dumping the puck in against Nikita Zadorov and Ryan Graves and Ian Cole in the postseason you're feeling like you have a pretty good chance at retrieval. You're dumping the puck in against Sam Gerard, Kale McCart, Devon Taves, and Bowen Byram. And you're, you're not feeling like you're getting right back. back out of the zone. Yeah. <laughs> You've just wasted your entire shift dumping the puck in, chasing it into the corner, watching it go back into the neutral zone. And now you're back on defense. And as soon as the puck comes back out of your own zone, you go to the bench. Congratulations. You have spent 40 seconds doing nothing offensively. And so I would say, do you think that's easy to play against? Because that's the charge with so many of the, well, the abs aren't physical enough. Is that they can't handle, they can't handle those physical teams. They can't handle the four checking teams. So their Colorado's response was, okay, we saw what Edmonton did. When Edmonton got to the second round and they said, we're not physical enough for the Pacific division. And they went out and they, they decided to go, you know, bro beefcake. And they dropped the tactical nuke on their hockey team. <laughs> and they're still recovering yep. from the decisions that they made to go to try and mix the high end skill with that physicality. That's that Colorado has not responded that way. We'll see. We'll see which one works out better, because right now both both organizations don't have they they have second round playoff appearances, and that's it. Yep. You know that they don't have any like high end results that make you think like, well, one team was certainly right and the other team wasn't. Colorado's response to dump and chase is to build an organization of, of guys that can skate pucks out and that have puck skills and, and the skating ability to break down dump and chase teams. And 
again, like they're they're kind of the grand experiment because the Avs are the extreme in the NHL when it comes to carrying pucks, when it comes to not playing dump and chase, when it comes to we're gonna we're gonna do this at an extremely high level. We're going to do it more than anybody, and we're going to commit the hardest to this identity. We're going to see, you know, because if other teams start to copy that and say, okay, well, we're having to play their style all the time. We need to get players who can play that way. The abs are a country mile ahead of everybody else. I think that is a key part to this. And we saw some of this this year, but I expect to see significantly more of it over the next couple of years. And that is the Avs imposing their will on hockey games. Yeah. Go into games. They're going to play their style. It doesn't matter what style the opponent is playing. They're going to say, try and take the puck from us. Being comfortable. And when you have a high level of success doing what you do, doing what the coaching staff preaches, it it breeds trust in your coaching staff. It's how you get full buy-in of the message being sent by the coaching staff and the leadership group in the room. And it makes it easier to do every single day when you see success because you're like, look, this is working. Yep. In Jared Bednar's first year in Colorado, they were trying to play the way that Jared Bednar wanted to play, and it, it it wasn't even coming close to working. You know, it turns it turns out that Eric Jelena and Fedor Tutin and Cody Golubov weren't the right defenders to transport pucks out of the out of the defensive zone and into the offensive zone at a high level. So what they did is they decided, hey, we want to the we have decided we want to play this style. And so we're gonna go and fill up the organization with guys that can do that. And if you pull up that 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 chart yep. once again, yep. Yep. you'll see all down this lineup the new hook, Bowers, Foodie, even you get down to, to Burzan, Ambrosio, and, and, and Oman down there, you have Good skaters. Every single one of those guys is a good skater. A guy that you're going to be able to, that's going to be able to drive the center of the ice. That's what those guys do. You look at the left, you look at those left wings, Lewis, Ralston, Weiss, you know, it's the entire organization is littered with guys that are going to be able to play this kind of style. And the ones who aren't the Bocage, you know, maybe the Drew Hellison, the Matt Steinberg, those those are the guys that fill in the gaps for you when you talk about you need a little bit of variety. You need a guy on defense that's going to headbutt that guy because he said something to your goaltender that you didn't appreciate. <laughs> or he just looked at you funny and he just naturally hates you because he's wearing a different sweater. You know, that's why you go and get those guys. You've got to get a little psycho on your team too. You have to have some crazy to be successful. I, there is absolutely such a thing as too much of a good thing, as as you kind of alluded to there. You have to have some sort of balance to your hockey team, but for the first time in, geez, maybe a, a decade, maybe more, it does feel like the Avs have an identity that they can lean into, yeah. have a play style that isn't just survive. Yeah. So... I I don't know AJ. I don't know. I'm how excited, keep, man. Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know how we keep the hype train on the rails on on this one. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited because it's not just at the NHL level. You know. Yep. We're gonna see so many of those guys are graduating to the Eagles next year, and we're really gonna get 
the development team is going to be tested like it's never been tested before. Yep. You know, right now it's like, can Martin Cout become an NHL player? You know, what's going on with Nick Henry? But they're about to get dumped on. You're, let's see here. Cout, we'll take Cout out there, but Kovalenko, Bokaj, Mutala. Uh, and Ranta, who's not on here, yeah, are all going to be likely ELC guys next year. Baron, potentially, as well, uh, at the end of the year. The other Baron, yeah, Justin. Justin, sorry. Um, and then it only just occurred to me that there were two of them. Yeah, Justin and Travis, non-related. Uh, you have that. The year after, you get. Foodie, uh, they have to have the conversation with Burzan this year as well. Yep. Not even to mention that they're going to have Annan and, and Werner in the system too. Maybe Zaravilov comes over. You're realistically looking at a Colorado Eagles team this year with two, three real prospects on it, maybe four. For the 21-22 season, you're talking about eight, nine, ten guys potentially that yeah. are NHL prospects. Yep. So, because Andonin's coming across, and yep. you know, uh, on the off chance Trent Minor gets contracting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whew. I personally, uh, I was really low on the Greg Cronin hire when they made it. I've really liked what he's done with the Eagles, mostly. There have been a few things I'm not a huge fan of, but I really, I've really liked the way that he has handled the Eagles, like 85% of the job. Yeah, I I don't have any complaints about things like systems and, and stuff like that. Yeah, that's my my only complaint is the AHL deals, and I don't think that's great, Cronin. I think that's front office. Yes, I agree. Eagles front office. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's going to just about wrap up today's show presented by Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD infused coffee that has really changed lives. You want 20% off. You can use code DNVR20 when you check out online. Or if you want to try before you buy, you can always head on down to the DNVR bar where we have cold brew Strava for you that you can pick up directly in the bar. So come on down, come get a drink, hang out with us as we have people coming in and out with the NBR at the bar all the time. If you want to hit us up, just, you know, be sure to DM me or something. If you want to get a beer and, and I'll be happy to come on down and, and hang out for a little bit. Either way, we are out of here for today's show. Thank you everyone for watching, listening. However you consume the podcast. We will be back tomorrow with free skate Friday. Um, you all have a lot of jerseys. <laughs> Yeah, like some, we, we were like, hey guys, send us your jersey collections. And like, I got an email today from somebody who sent me an 83 jersey collection, broken down, is itemized, and with pictures. So we're definitely putting that up on the show tomorrow. But what the F? That's got to be like thousands of dollars, right? One of them even included a misspelled Landiscock jersey, which <laughs> came with a story. Amazing. Yeah, he got a he got a free jersey out of that. Take it every single time. Yeah, I and I'm like, dude, I think it's awesome that you have a misspelled one because they they hooked him up with the right one, and so it's like, 
okay, like you now you just have a cool collector's item. Has the bad one as well. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I, the, it was funny because it was the first thing I noticed when I was looking at the pictures is I was like, that says Ladnaskog. <laughs> and then I was reading through the list and I was like, oh, awesome. Neat. This is this is an actual like thing. Well, also and <laughs> so many and he sent his entire jersey collection, not just the uh Yeah, yeah. The whole like 80 jerseys or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, not just not just hockey jerseys, but we're talking like this was baseball. Like, yeah. yeah. This was uh to twenty the breakdown was twenty six abs jerseys. Wow. 20 non-AVS jerseys. Some of these are like nonsense, but uh, then a, some Broncos jerseys. Yeah. Um, a bunch of a bunch of Broncos jerseys broken down into different things. Sure. And then some baseball and basketball. So there you go. So well, I think the plan right now, since y'all sent us so many, is just to have like a rotating gallery of. Uh, jerseys on Friday. But... Yeah, we wanted to do it and be like, here's this person's collection, but we got so many of them yep. that we might just, it might just be like a slideshow that just plays while we talk about stuff. Yeah. Um, for the record, we're going to, we're going to go with a little bit of a different approach for uh, roster roasting tomorrow. Yep. We think you guys are going to like it. I'm hoping you guys like it. We were kind of doing some research on it yesterday and we had quite a bit of fun with it. So (laughs) we're hoping you guys enjoy it as much as we did. We're really, we're really looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, And honestly, our Friday shows moving forward are just going to be insanity. So we just want to kick it and, and do some crazy stuff on Fridays. (laughs) Yeah. We're just going to, we're going to throw a lot of jello at the wall on Fridays every week and just see how it goes. Yep. So Hopefully y'all get a kick out of it. Of course, always let us know what you like, what you didn't like. If you have any crazy ideas that you think we should try, fire them our way, and we'll be happy to at least consider them. Yeah, um, definitely. We'll talk. We'll we'll talk about them, and if there's a place for them, we'll put we're it all there. About it. Yep. Yep. All about it. On that note, we're out of here for the day. Thank you again for consuming the podcast, however you may, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.